So I did this earlier podcast. Um, I don't remember what season it was or even which episode, but I was talking about how I I just don't think that it was meant for us to be um, completely indoors. Like, I mean, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem completely right. I mean, like, if the history books are telling the truth, when they first started out, they were using the bathroom outside, right? You were squatting in the woods. I don't know what the heck they were wiping themselves with and how they kept themselves disease-free back then. They used something from the wilderness, some, some herbs or some leaves or something. But, I mean, I would think that that makes more sense because I cannot stand the thought of a public restroom that's in an actual enclosed building. I mean, yes, it's nice to have you know, doors around you and walls. But then there's always these big-ass cracks in the doors in public restrooms where people walk by and they're peeking and it's just like, you feel like someone's trying to watch you use the bathroom and they're really just trying to see if someone's in the bathroom stall. But it's so annoying to me. It's like, I usually always have a scarf in my bag or a sweater. I feel like an old person because I want to take it in the bathroom with me and and I want to stuff it in the crack because it's a pet peeve of mine. I hate for people to walk by and, and look all in the crack. I I will bend down and look under to see if I see feet. Because what the fuck I would I see you sitting on the toilet for? And then it's gross. It's like these public restrooms, there's no ventilation. There's no windows. You're literally... So our skin and our nose is absorbing all this all this shit, all, all these toxins, this toxic smelling shit. You're walking into a cesspool of smells. And I'm like, how is it that we don't get sick every time we walk into a public restroom? I almost do. I've almost thrown up before walking into a public restroom because it smelled so hideous. And I get it. Well, all of our shit stinks. It does. But the worst thing is to walk in the bathroom and there's two stalls and you walk past the lady who just came out of the stall and you and you catch, you catch eyes walking past her and she's looking at you mortified because she knows you're about to walk into the stall she just came out of that she blew up. So you walk past and you're like, mm, hi, yes, I'm about to walk into the stall where you just took a shit and smell your shit. I'm going to go in there and smell all your shit. All, everything about you is in that bath room stall right now everything your whole life story is lingering in that bathroom stall (laughs) and I am about to go in there and breathe it in I just want to go in there and smell it it's disgusting so I I mean I get that some people I've you know talked to friends or whatever they're like oh no I don't use public public restrooms I go home and I'm like what if you're not going to go home for eight more hours or six hours or four hours. When I gotta go, I gotta go. I don't I don't get it. I don't know how people can hold their shit. I mean I I get it, but I don't get it. Like I get it because it's a public restroom and it's disgusting. It's like you can't do anything without touching something. So yeah, you absolutely have to wash your hands, but then you gotta touch the door. So what about the chicks who didn't wash their hands who just touched that door? So now I got to go back to the bathroom stall or wait for somebody to come out just so I can get some more toilet paper to roll up in my hand to open the door. Or 
a paper towel. But a lot of bathroom places don't have those anymore. They have the hand dryers. So I usually keep wipes in my bag. Saves me. Ugh, wipes are the most amazing invention. Because I can open the stall with the with the wipe. You know. But you know what? I decided I ordered these gloves off of Amazon. So I have like um like a hundred gloves. And I know this is gonna sound weird, but this is what I do. I take four gloves with me when I leave the house. So and I only use one because I'm only gonna use my right hand. I just use one hand to do everything. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You just need the one hand. The one hand that you that you wipe with, that's the one you need to use to do everything. You put the one glove. You don't even have to put the glove on. So it doesn't have to be this, this difficult task or time-consuming. You can hold the glove in your hand and just use it to open doors, to open the stall, to wipe off the seat. Then you throw that one away. And then you get out another one to get out of the bathroom. Boom. You have not touched anything. Because I'm a germaphobe, especially when it comes to restrooms. <laughs> like, like I, you know, I, here's another thing I can't stand. To go to someone's house and you're like, oh, can I use your bathroom? I'm always nervous when I ask to use someone's bathroom. Because I'm like, I can tell a lot about a person by their bathroom. I go in your bathroom and your toilet seat looks brown, but it's supposed to be white. It's because you've never wiped it off. I don't get it. You've got little lingering crustacean colors on the toilet or a, a toilet seat that's that's chipping. And I'm just with <laughs> with the wake of Family Dollar and Dollar Tree and Walmart. There is no excuse to have a nasty toilet seat. Literally, you can get a toilet seat for less than 20 bucks. Now, I I understand if you're poor. If you're poor, you got to do what you got to do. I get it. But I don't, my friends are not poor or people that I know are not poor. And I'm not talking about any of my friends because my friends are neat freaks because we've attracted each other. And, you know, so they're same as me. But I mean, you know, you might just meet a casual friend or maybe you go to someone's house for um, uh, someone that you don't really know. Maybe one of your friends invites you to to somebody's barbecue or something like that. You know, you're going to a kickback over somebody's house. And you go in their bathroom and the baseboards are just dusty. There's like three sheets of toilet paper left. Now you got to search their bathroom for another roll of toilet paper. You can't find a toilet paper roll. Now you got to go find the host of the house who doesn't even know you and beg for some toilet paper. It's, it's gross and it's an, and it's inconvenient because nine times out of 10, I got to go right now. So people make fun of me when I carry a big bag, bag lady, bag lady. Okay. But in this bag of tricks, are all the things that I need to be a healthy, whole person in society. (laughs) I got my rubber gloves. I got my baby wipes. So I always have my own toilet paper. Okay? I probably have hand sanitizer in there. There's probably some rose water spray in there. You know, I got everything in there. I used to carry a toothbrush and toothpaste with me everywhere I went. 
it was hard to keep up with everything. <laughs> yes, it does get heavy sometimes. But, you know, now my second home is my car. I just keep those kinds of things in the car. So that I have them when I need them. But when I used to be on the bus, yep, I sure did. I used to ride public transportation. I'm not too good for public transportation. But, you know, um, it's, it's, oof, it's gross, right? When you go over to somebody's house and their bathroom is nasty. I will lift your toilet seat up. I want to see the whole shebang. What am I working with here? Is there, you know, shit stains under your toilet seat? Because that bothers me too. I'm going to make sure if I know anyone is coming over for any kind of event or anything like that, and they might use my bathroom, I'm going to clean my bathroom. I don't get people who have company and don't clean their bathroom before their company comes. Like, you ain't got to clean your whole place. But the kitchen and the bathroom are like the nucleus of your apartment. (laughs) If your kitchen and your bathroom are disgusting, you're disgusting. You're a dirty, filthy, nasty person. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just This is just how I think. I'm like, ew, what is wrong with this person? Like, how do you want to live like this? How do you want to live when, with shit all in your sink, overflowing and roaches crawling through the dishes? And it's just like, oh my God, it is like an insect's field day in here. It drives me insane. And people are like, well, it's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, how? How, Sway? <laughs> like, how? How is that not a big deal? It's feng shui. You don't know what feng, y'all know what feng shui is? Okay, let me tell you the concept of feng shui. The, con- the concept of feng shui is simple. It's all about balance. Balancing the elements of you and the earth and your home to suit you in a way that attracts good energy, you know? And some people think, oh, that's BS. That doesn't, it it doesn't matter. No, it's true. If you can afford to have a feng shui specialist come into your home or your your place of business, they will tell you things like, okay, so I met this, this, I'm in North Carolina and I went to this, um, I think it was called Bon Me or something. It was kind of a, um, I think it's an Asian concept. And I just don't remember which part of that area they were from. So I met the owner because he had a, um, a metal bowl at the front door of running water. And there was some, it was some sort of a contraption that was running water and a metal bowl. And there were some other things just, you know, juxtaposed around the restaurant a certain way. So I knew right off it was, um, it was feng shui. So I asked the owner, I said, you know, I got to talk to you for a minute. And um, we talked for a few and it was a really interesting conversation because he was like, yes, I wasn't getting any business at first. And a lady came in and she, you know, told me about um, the feng shui and how I could rearrange things to open up the space to make it more energetically pleasing when people come in. Okay, so here's why you should believe in this. How many times have you walked in anywhere? If it was a post office, if it was a restaurant, or, you know, someone's office, and you just felt off. You felt something off energetically. 
And it could have been with that person and the atmosphere or just one or the other. But let's just speak on atmosphere. And you just felt like, ugh, icky. There's something icky in this in the in the space here, in the energy here. That's typically, you know, if it's not the person, like I said, it's it's the area, it's the energy of the of the room. Um, and it could be a lot of things, but let's just stick with, with my point for the purpose of Feng Shui. Okay, let me give you an, another example. If you have ever worked in an office setting where you have a desk or you have a desk at home or in your kitchen or in your bathroom and you have things put in jars and you have your toothpaste has a cover and it's inside of a jar and your clippers and your scissors and your comb and your brush they're inside of a basket you got rolled up washcloths inside of another basket sitting somewhere you don't just sit it in the middle of the floor your toothbrush is not laying in the sink at least I hope not or you're one of those people that's whose bathroom I can't stand but I mean everything is put away in its place because it functions better in your space when it's put away when it's put in its place and nine times out of ten if you can afford it you have your bathroom decorated a certain way you have certain things that you went and you picked that you felt energetically close to you pick the white ceramic um, toothbrush holder instead of the Mickey Mouse one I don't know you know what I'm saying you just I mean how many times have you gone shopping for anything in your home you're looking at things and you're looking at them for the attraction, for how they make you feel. That's exactly the way we are with friends, the, exactly the way we are with lovers. When you meet people, you look, well, even, on, even if it's unconscious, you are talking to people to get some sort of an energetic vibe that says, yeah, I, I could fuck this person, or um, I could date this person, or oof. I'm going to marry that girl. I mean, a lot of times women, we, you know, <laughs> any available man. <laughs> Just kidding. But I mean, I'm a hopeless romantic. So every guy that I dated and gave an actual opportunity to date me consistently, I thought for five minutes, I wondered, I should say, if they were, you know, worth it to go any further. I mean, because I'm not, stupidly, especially in the beginning, stupidly in the, in the beginning of dating, a lot of women, we have this this notion that we're going to meet our Prince Charming and we're going to get married and we're going to live the dream and, you know, and you can have that. But statistically speaking, it's a little challenging. doesn't mean you can't have the things you want in life. It just means it might take a little longer. Because the odds are against us. Numbers don't stack up. The availability is a little scarce. You know, it is what it is. So that's why I don't understand people who look out into the world and they know how tough it is dating. You know it's rough out there. You know that it's just as rough for men as, as it is women. And yet people are still out here playing. They're still out here playing games. It's like, what do you, do you want to be? 65, 60, 65, and by yourself, <laughs> dragging your little oxygen tank around all by yourself. That's what you want. Having to, uh, you know, drive yourself 
with cataracts to your um, dialysis appointment. <laughs> Seriously, you want to just, you got to get a wheelchair that's electric because you got nobody to push you around. <laughs> I mean, I, it's funny to me because I'm sorry, I don't want to grow old alone. I just don't. <laughs> I want somebody to bitch and moan with about life. <laughs> I want to sit in my living room with my, you know, significant other, whether we're married or not. And be like, you remember that time? <laughs> and then remember some crazy shit we did. And be like, man, we were wild. We lived. Baby, we lived. I want a man I can be wild with. That's my dream. I just want to finish out my life being wild with my significant other. Going to Vegas and, and you know, gambling. and I just want to do it all, you know. Um, except for, I, I don't. I'm really not that attracted to a lot of traveling anymore because, and I shouldn't be that way because I shouldn't, I don't want to think negative, but goodness gracious, the shit that happens. But you know what, y'all? When you think about it, the odds of something happening to most people who are out going to these places, it's really not as much as it seems. It just, because it's such an isolated incident and when we look at it online, it makes it seem like this kind of shit happens all the time because you'll see five, you know, posts about a couple missing on vacation. Husband dies on, on, you know, or usually it's the wife. Okay. That's screwy, but I'm not even going to get into that. not going to get into that, but y'all know most of the time when somebody ends up gone, the first person they look at is the significant other. So anyway, I just wanted to hop on here and talk about that. Well, it started off about a bunch of shit and ended up (laughs) with shitty relationships. So don't settle for it, though. Don't settle for shitty relationships. Um, You got to (laughs) really, 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 really have fireproof faith that you can get exactly what you want. You're worth it. You deserve it. You know, we all deserve love. All right. Well, I love you guys that are my listeners and my eight um, Spotify followers. <laughs> thanks, guys. I really appreciate you for being here. So thanks for listening to the Boxing Stella podcast.